Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. Today we begin a brand new message series for our season of Lent, High Fidelity. How has God communicated about who He is and what He does? We begin this series by looking at the first covenant He made with the entire world. As I shared with you, today we are beginning a brand new sermon series called High Fidelity. And if you're watching on Facebook or maybe you saw the, the image of this video, you saw a, an image of a record, a, a needle on a record. And maybe that gives you a hint to where we're going with this. So let me share with you about where we're going with this. I, grew, I, I, I was born in the 80s. And in the 80s, the, the 80s and the early 90s were really defined by the beginning of being able to take your music with you, right? And what was that? It was the cassette tape. And you could put this in a Walkman or you could put this in your car and you could listen to it. It didn't skip. It was, it was fairly clear. Of course, you'd have to deal with the whole uh, winding back up and, and things like that sometimes. But the cassette tape really, really became popular then. But as a kid, my parents didn't just give me a tape player to listen to music that I wanted to listen to. I actually inherited their old stereo system, which had a cassette tape deck, a radio, and yes, a record player. And records were really the most popular way of listening to music, aside from radio, uh, before tapes came into popularity, right? Now, I love listening to records. There is something amazing about this idea of turning it on and it begins to spin and you drop the needle and you, whether you're looking for a specific song or you just listen through the record and then you flip it. Believe it or not, did you know that there's, there's actually some, uh, some strategy when artists would put in the flip? It would be like a completely different experience on the other side. Any case, all that to say, I, I, get, I, I nerd out about this stuff a lot. But in any case, there is something amazing about listening to music on the records. But guess what? This thing is not convenient. You couldn't take this with you. And I think there are a number of other reasons why the record sort of faded away. I think a lot of us had records, but we never cleaned them, or maybe we never uh, got a new needle or cartridge. And these things are necessary to be able to listen to records clearly. Otherwise, you would get these, these, these cracks and these pops, this fuzz. And really, the music sounded distorted, or it sounded... It just, it just didn't sound very good. I think that's why we moved on from records. But we didn't stay with just cassette tapes, did we? We went to something round again, and we went to the compact disc, right? And we thought this was great because this sounded more clear than even cassette tapes. And we sort of thought cassette tapes sounded more clear than records. We thought these are great. It was all digital, and it, it didn't really skip unless you had a really bad CD player. And it really didn't pop or anything like that. It read it really well. You could go from track to track. You don't have to, 
you know, rewind it or, you know, figure out where to put the needle perfectly. After CDs, we then moved into the iPod, and then now we our phone streaming era, where we now listen to thousands of songs on demand from our cellular networks or you know the MP3s that we have already. And what's really interesting is that oftentimes we thought that this sound, we, we think that iPods sounded better than this, and this sounded better than cassette tapes, and cassette tapes sounded better than records. But here's the crazy thing. That's wrong. In fact, the best way still to this day to get all of the sound of a recording is through either what we call lossless formats, which you can buy on your phones and, and things like that, or, that's right, the record. See, the record had this ability, the vinyl record had this ability to record sound completely. Like you did not lose sound quality when you put it on a record. The reason why we thought records didn't sound very good was because of our players or because of dust or things. But in reality, the greatest sound can come from a vinyl record. And it's why vinyl records are still huge in this day. This record over here, this is a David Crowder record from just a few years ago. Yes, you can still go and buy vinyl records because there's an entire industry of people who want to hear sound as the way it is. They call themselves audiophiles. They want to listen to music in high fidelity, high quality sound as it was intended. But it's crazy to think that the oldest format that we remember in our lifetime is actually the most clear, provides the best recording of music. Records are the format that bring forth high fidelity. So our Lent series is going to focus on God and how he speaks and how he shows himself to be. And some of the most clear ways for us to understand who God is, is to see how he speaks in the moment that he creates or enacts a covenant. What is a covenant? A covenant is a commitment. Sometimes covenants can be one-sided where God just says, I'm going to do this. Other times it is, it's almost like an agreement kind of thing, a commitment for God to be and people to be. But throughout human history, God has brought a number of covenants into existence. And in these moments, God is saying clearly, this is who I am. This is how I relate to you, my creation. And this is how we're going to move forward together. You could say that covenants are the high fidelity moments of the Old Testament in particular. Now, Jesus is the clearest understanding that we have of God. And what's amazing is that Jesus who we will join back with his story in Holy Week at the end of our Lent season, 
will show us clearly who God is. But guess what? God has been clearly showing who he's been all throughout the Old Testament. But I think sometimes we don't look to the Old Testament because, well, there's some dust on it or there's some cracks or pops and it takes a little bit more to understand it. But as God speaks in his covenants throughout human history, we will hear loud and clear with high fidelity who God is and how he relates to us. So today, we are going to go to the very first covenant that God makes with his creation. No, this is not the Ten Commandments. No, this is not the covenant with Abraham. This is the covenant that God makes with all of creation after something that we generally aren't sure what to do with. He makes this covenant after the, you, I guarantee you know this, whether you've been to church or not, Noah's Ark. You know the story where God is, in, is almost in grief and he's regretting creating this world. And he decides that he is going to punish the evil of the world by flooding it. But he finds this one man who seems to get what it means to be human, what it means to, to follow God. And so he has Noah and his family build an ark and they bring in all the animals. And then it rains and there's a flood for 40 days and 40 nights. And the waters recede. And out of the moments that the waters recede, we actually see God change. Maybe you're not used to that idea, but there are a lot of moments in the Old Testament where God changes. God changes his mind. God changes the way forward. And so what we have to do here is understand God's words in his covenant is actually sort of a, a difference than what he was at the beginning. At the beginning, he is in grief. He is in regret. And here we hear words that have none of that, have something far more comforting, far more, well, greater than what we expect. So we're going to read in Genesis chapter 9, beginning with verse 8. Genesis chapter 9, beginning with verse 8. God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I am now setting up my covenant with you, with your descendants, and with every living being with you, with the birds and the large animals, and with all the animals of the earth, leaving the ark with you. Hear that out, friends. This is a covenant not just with humans. This is a covenant with the entire creation. I will set up my covenant with you so that, that never again will all life be cut off by floodwaters. There will never again be a flood to destroy the earth. God said, this is the symbol of the covenant that I am drawing up between me and you and every living thing with you on behalf of every future generation. I have placed my bow in the clouds and it will be the symbol of the covenant between me and the earth. And when I bring clouds over the earth, and the bow appears in the clouds, I will remember the covenant between me and you and every living being among all the creatures. Flood waters will never again destroy all creatures. The bow will be in the clouds, and upon seeing it, I will remember the enduring covenant between God and every living being of all of earth's creatures. God said to Noah, this is the symbol of the covenant that I have set up between me and all creatures 
on earth. There doesn't seem to be a lot of regret here. There doesn't seem to be a lot of grief here. In fact, God is, is taking a lot upon himself as he speaks this commitment into existence, doesn't it? It's a lot different. And it's just, it's really amazing. Now, there's a lot to this. There's a lot of symbolism found in how God is, is creating this, this covenant too. But I think the one thing that I think can be terrifying when we hear the words that God changes his mind, we sometimes wonder, well, will God go back on what he said to Noah ever? Will God change his mind? Will destruction come to the earth? And it's why what God says here in his covenant to be so important. His commitment is so important. And the symbolism in his commitment is so important. So, God moves from a mode of destruction to creation. God moves from grief to grace. God gives Noah and his people and all the creatures a purpose and a way to live. God promises something. And he promises that destruction will not come to a creation that can participate in evil again. He is not looking to destroy this creation in the way that he destroyed in this moment. But I need you to take, take note of something. Maybe you've heard this, this symbol of this covenant to be a rainbow, right? And I mean, that's really sort of the, the way we understand it because what, what looks like a bow but is seen in the clouds because of moisture. Well, that's a, a rainbow, right? But you need to understand something, okay? These clouds just produced enough rain to flood the entire world. Think about that for a second. If I was Noah, I'd be terrified of clouds. I'd be terrified of rain. I'd be terrified of this chaos that is brought into the world through, the, the, through rain. And the only way to see a rainbow is if it rains. When we might feel a little edgy, God shows us a sign that he will not use this way to destroy the earth. But the other part of it is this. When we read bow, we think of the rainbow. But actually, the word that is used here and what, what the people of God, of, of Israel in the Old Testament would have envisioned is that God is putting up a weapon, putting down a weapon. He is putting down his bow, a weapon that could be used to destroy. Think about that for a second. Have you ever seen somebody lay down their weapon? What does that mean? It means either one, they're surrendering, or two, they are looking 
to figure out a peaceful way forward. And what God does is he is putting down his bow that would shoot arrows, that would bring destruction to all of creation, that could wipe out everyone in the, the, in the blink of an eye. God is saying, I'm not here to destroy you. Levi Jones says this, God has abandoned violence for the way of covenantal love that seeks the welfare of the covenant partner, humanity and all of creation, a love not based on the performance of the covenant partner. God is not content to remain distance, distant, but moves toward the creation, toward humanity. God will accomplish what God has promised or die trying. So basically, God is saying, no matter what happens next, Destruction's not coming for me. I'm putting down my weapon. I'm going to stick it out with you all. Now, does this mean that humans can still do evil in the world? Yes. In fact, if you read the entire story, you will find evil happen just a few verses later. Does this mean that humanity can do things, think that they're bringing good into the world, but they're actually bringing evil into the world. Yes! What this means is that God is accepting us and the evil that we can do and saying, my solution is not to blow it up. My solution is to commit to you and to find a way forward for you. And not just humanity, all of creation. No matter how bad evil and sin and death goes about in the world and sort of looks like it's ruling the world, God's saying, no, I will not leave you. I am here to find a way forward for everyone. I'm here to bring life. John Golden Jay says this, humans may, by virtue of their own behaviors, put themselves out of business, but not because God has so determined it or because the created order has failed. So hear this sap, friends. If you have ever been given this picture that God is looking to use destruction to teach us something or to, to, to get his way, this covenant clearly says, no. God is setting forth in this covenant how he is going to work in this world. And it's not going to be through destruction. It's going to be a different way. What I like to believe is, quite frankly, God is de-escalating the situation by putting up a weapon of destruction and accepting the world as it is. And he is going to give us a way to be redeemed, not just to him, but to each other in the world. Friends, what we need to hear is 
God is telling us, even in the midst of the frustration and grief and anger that he had, that he is not going to give up on us. He's not giving up on creation. He is not giving up in humanity, even though we were the ones who plunged it into chaos. Because really, let's think about this for a second. The reason why God does this is because we as humans decide not to be what we were created to be. We decide that we want to be our own gods. We want to decide how we do things and not trust God. But God says, even in the midst of our rebellion, even in the midst of the sin, even in the midst of the death that we bring and the chaos that we have, I'm going to stick with you. That's what this covenant says. And so we see God is beginning to establish who he is, his character, his way, his justice. And I think what we need to recognize as 21st century people is that that's who God has always been. God is not different in the Old Testament and then changes his mind in Jesus. He's been the same the whole way through. The question is, have we understood who God has shown himself to be? And what we see here is that God does not look to bring destruction to get his work done. And we as people need to listen to God when he says this. Because too often there are voices who talk about God, also talk about God bringing forth destruction to get his way in the world. Uh-uh. No. This covenant is putting the bow down. Because here's the danger of that. If we as humans are following a God who uses violence and destruction to get his way, guess what we will do? We will use violence and destruction to get our way. But that is not the way. God is saying he's going to do things, and it's not how God does things. We know this because Jesus didn't do that. We know this because of how God gave other covenants, and we're going to explore that over the next few weeks. I think sometimes we allow dust and we allow needles and cartridges to go by the wayside, and we start listening to people about God instead of actually listening to God and how he has shown himself to be. And the question is, are we listening? Do we recognize that God is not a God who hates us and is looking to smite us at the first possible mistake or the moments that we do evil? It's not what God is here to do. God is here to find a way forward. Yes, we will bear consequences for the evil that we do, but that's not what God is looking to do, and that's not what God does. God is looking to forgive. God is looking to love. God is looking to move you forward into new life. And that's what he has done since the very beginning of time. God is faithful to who he shows himself to be in this moment. 
So, with that in mind, friends, are we listening to God and how he has shown himself to be? Or are we settling for interpretations that, well, we want to hear about God? Because let's really be honest. We like to win. We like to be violent and we like to get our way. We do. Every single one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us has done evil. And sometimes we like to put that under God when God says, no, I'm not here to destroy. I'm here to bring you redemption and grace. So we must abandon those things that we want. We must abandon cultural norms. We do that too. We apply what we grew up with as, oh, well, that's what, no, listen to God. Clearly, put the record on. Listen to him loud and clear. God is faithful in his covenant. He is not here to destroy. He is here to redeem. And if we listen, if we listen to him, if we're willing to put on the record, we will hear that he is faithful to us and to creation in love. Essentially, friends, God has high fidelity. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope that you are inspired by this week's message. Because of the current pandemic, our services are limited to an online presence. You can join us on Facebook and YouTube every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information about our ministries or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, visit us at championnaz.org. Thank you.